Hi everyone, I'm Mike. And I'm Jeremy. Welcome to House Calls, a podcast where we take your questions on all things related to homes, design, or anything else about buildings and the places people dwell. Call 1-800-511-6842 to get your questions answered. And remember, the advice might only be worth what you paid for it. JK, we have a caller, local guy, right here, down the road. Let's get to it. His name is Alan Abret. Ring it. Hello. Alan, this is Mike and Jeremy at House Calls Podcast. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? We're doing all good. right. It's good. To, uh, it's good to have you on the show. What's going on with your home? What's going on with my home? <laughs> well, I'm getting to the end of my interior renovation, so that's a good thing. Oh, nice. What do you got going on? Oh, we did everything. We've been up here, uh, I guess, two and a half years now. We bought an old house that was a cabin added on to. Uh, probably hadn't been renovated since the 70s, maybe. So uh, we pretty much did everything. Uh, new floors, new sheetrock on top of the old. Uh, uh, new windows, new roof, new heating system. Pretty much all the major components. Um, just finished the bathroom floor the other day. It's the last interior project. I'm really happy about that. Did you heat it? I did. Nice. Absolutely. Way to go. Electric pad? Uh, yeah, it's like a, third, a 164th inch thick, you know, 32nd inch thick mat. Love yep. it. Yep. Um, great. Yeah. Awesome. So what do you got going on? Uh, so that's that's that was the interior, but I had a question about our exterior. It's a uh, aluminum sided, probably over old wood siding, mm-hmm. um, eight inch uh, old style aluminum siding, which yep. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on my on the eastern side, which is kind of weird, um, it's not the most uh, weather beaten side. Uh, there seems to be some peeling, chipping of paint. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this thing was painted at one time because mm-hmm. I don't think factory aluminum siding would peel i agree with you yeah that's my thought so you know it's a white house uh it's cute kind of can look like a mid-century modern house depending on uh the accoutrement but you know (laughs) the thought was maybe we should uh maybe we should paint this at one point you know i'm not sure if that's going to go there i'll see how how we think about it but the question was and uh you know what's the best way to um prepare the surface and paints and primers for doing something like that. I know it's been done. Um, I'm always wary about painting over things that were factory painted, um, shelf life and such. But uh, I I know people have done it. So, and I've seen some nice examples of it around the, around the area. Where are you calling from, Alan? Phoenicia. Nice. Phoenicia, New York. Phoenicia, New York. We're on the creek of the Esopus. I think it's the only Phoenicia besides the Middle East right here in Phoenicia, New York. I would think so. Yeah. And also, you might be the first caller ever to use the word accoutrement on the House Calls <laughs> podcast. So I just I just want to say, I feel like I, I just went up a notch or two. This is, so thank this you. is thank momentous. You. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Are you do, well, do you do you plan on performing this work yourself or are you hiring a painting contractor? As with most work done here, <laughs> it's all self-driven. I, I got to tell you, my background is is, is contra- construction. Um, okay. A forty-year career, career started out as a cabinet maker in New York City. Oh wow! And um, last twenty-five years is basically spent 
project managing interior renovations, mostly hotel work, big hotel work. Okay. So we do, you know, 600 rooms and bathrooms at a time and stuff oh, like that. Just light work. So, um, <laughs> light work. So, you know, um, I learned a lot. And uh, since we moved up here and I retired, I was able to use my skills that I had put away for so long to, uh, you know, do this work myself. And I got a lot of satisfaction out of it. It's been a lot of fun. Not to mention I saved thousands upon thousands of dollars. Yes, that's the biggest thing. uh, Yeah. Yeah. What approach were you thinking about taking? Well, you know, I kind of thought, you know, you need to scuff it up um, and do do some kind of primer, although I'm not sure what kind, and I'm not sure what kind of paint. Um, Now, the next question is how do you apply it, and obviously spraying would probably be the most efficient way to do it, but, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, with an eight-inch siding uh you know you may be able to roll it too and which isn't the, the end of the world you know i i agree as far as spraying um i don't know mm-hmm. if you if you own a sprayer i think that's a no-brainer i would definitely spray it i think the devil's in the details as you know and prep work especially with painting is really important so i think the key thing mm-hmm. would be any paint that that is peeling get it off if you can and then I don't know, maybe a maybe a spraying a bonding primer first mm-hmm. and then spraying your finished color. When you spray like wood clapboard siding, very typically you see guys back brush it to give it some texture mm-hmm. and to make sure it's actually getting in the wood. In the wood fibers. Correct. Right. But yeah. you yeah. you do not back brush aluminum. And the only reason I know that is because I had a friend, this was back in Syracuse, I had a friend who was painting, uh, was a painting contractor, and with aluminum, he used to just spray it and walk away from it. Just keep a wet edge, spray it, and that was it. No back brushing, no tinkering, Right. prep and spray. You mentioned rolling. If you roll it, you might get that orange peel effect as well. So Yeah, yeah which, which it seems to have a little bit of, actually. Uh. Um, are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, it's not, you know, listen, it's not an interior wall. It's not a super shiny surface. So you're not picking up a lot of reflection on it. I think if you look closely, you can see it. Um, you know, um, I, I'm just not sure. You know, spraying, obviously, you know, uh, it could be, you know, again, even with spraying when we used to spray interiors, you know, your masking ended up being more time. Than, That's right. Uh, yes. That's right. Than the spraying, you know. That's right. Yes. So again, it, and, 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 but, but, you know, that's typical of painting, isn't it? I mean, it's all prep. It is. It's all prep. The painting is nothing. Yeah, I guess the, the problem uh, with spraying outside is is the um, is just the atmosphere. Is it going to be breezy? Is it going to be windy? Sun. Are you sunny? Exactly. Yeah, and what's blowing around? Yes. You know, we're in the woods over here. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna have pine needles embedded in our paint. I mean, if you don't, Mike, could be worse. Mike, what do you think? I think if if. If Alan doesn't really care about an orange peel and it's just more manageable and you don't have the problems of overspray, the crazy masking everything off, what do you think? I think he should roll on battleship gray paint (laughs) (laughs) and then paint white over that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Battleship gray paint seems to last for multi-decades but no i wouldn't and, and gray gray is trending gray is trending <laughs> <laughs> although we got a lot of it up here in the catskills so maybe you should stick to white no i would go with rolling it me personally i would go with rolling it save yourself some time uh if you're comfortable with it now 
You said aluminum siding. You may want to take a light sanding to it. Very light. I'd probably go like 180, but that means you're going to need a pile of pads because they're going to start filling with paint. So, um, Mm. yeah, I might hit it just to mellow out some of those hard edges where the paint chips and all that. Now, the other option is you can get it blasted. You know, you can technically, but a handyman. You'd be a little concerned about that with with, aluminum. the softness of aluminum, yeah. What kind of bonding coat do you think? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. What kind? I mean, like so, a, an oil based or a no, acrylic no. based or no, oil based is on its. Well, first of all, it's aluminum, so you don't really need oil based because oil based was always good that's with true. wood, right? So, right. Um, right. I actually know the answer to this. Yeah, um, I have a another friend who's a painting contractor, not not far from where we are in Kuksaki. Yeah, and. They basically told me that a bonding primer, specific brand name, is one, two, three. And that's from, is that Zinzer? Right, yeah. You got right. it. So yeah. Zinzer, yeah. one, two, three. It, oddly, it doesn't cost a ton of money, um, but they always use that as a bonding primer when prepping um, PVC trim boards like Azek. Hmm. They always use that mm-hmm. first and then their finish color. Hmm. And I've and I've used it and it worked in that same application. Yeah. So and it's mold and mildew resistant. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. Yeah. I think Alan might be the the closest thing we've had to a contractor on the podcast. Alan, have you ever heard of Family Handyman magazine? <laughs> yeah, sure. I used to get it. No way. <laughs> that is excellent. Yeah. We just talked yeah. to Mike Burner from Handyman, our Family Handyman magazine, and uh, those guys are great. So. Well, hopefully that answers your question, Al. Yeah, well, you guys are around. Uh, stop by and look at the house one day and uh, see what you think. Sounds Absolutely. good. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks for your help. Really appreciate it, guys. Hey, thanks for calling Thank in. you. Have a good night. Do you think we helped that guy? I do. I think that he probably had an idea in his head, and I think just – I mean, you know what it's like. I talk to you all the time. It's like yeah, you yeah. have a notion, you just want – a second yes. notion. Yes. You want to know if somebody more is eyes, thinking more about ears. something you yes. didn't think about. To validate it. You know what I do when I have a question? You don't call me. I call the House Calls podcast. Homeowners or tenants understand the difference between studs, joists, rafters, and trusses. Because we help them with this, right? We help them with this. Yeah. I think what we should do for our listeners is make the distinction between, are you ready? I'm ready. Cement and concrete. Oh, this is a great one. It's that cement truck, right? You got to call the cement truck. When I was a kid, we called it a cement mixer. Now I call it a concrete truck. My kids call it a concrete big truck. (laughs) My babies, as you call them. Babies. So I think we should talk about the difference between cement and concrete. Uh, This is a good one, too, actually. Um, So what is it? Here's my understanding. Let's start with cement. The ingredients in cement are lime, sand, Portland cement, and water. And when you add water and mix it, it makes what we know as cement. 
concrete is those ingredients, but with a heavier aggregate, which is usually stone. Maybe minus the lime. Am I close? I don't think so. Really? Here's the cool part. Concrete is all those ingredients you talked about, including aggregate. So concrete is lime, sand, mm -hmm. aggregate, which is stone, and the stone size matters. Of course, for your application. And then of course, last but not least. The Portland. The cement. The Portland cement. Which is the stuff that makes it get really hard. And the amount of cement in the concrete mixture determines how much PSI, which is pounds per square inch, that concrete can hold or support, which is pretty cool. The strength. The strength. And the unit of, of strength is pounds per square inch. That's right. So typically, you would see concrete in structural things, flat work like sidewalks, garage floors, basements. You would also see concrete in poured walls. Mm -hmm. sometimes countertops. The cement that people refer to as cement usually is maybe what you and I might refer to as mortar. So mortar between concrete blocks, mortar between bricks. Some people might call that cement. Is this more confusing? Absolutely. So concrete, sidewalks, floors, poured foundation walls, cement, Stuff that bonds other materials, bricks, blocks, stonework. And what about blacktop? What's that? What kind of cement is that made with? There's no cement in blacktop. <laughs> Get out of here. Michael, we yeah. have a follow-up call. No way. We do. Oh my it's gosh. with Quinn from, do you remember where she's from? No, but I, Quinn, if I remember right, I, we only had one Quinn, right? That's a great name. One Quinn. Did she have the room with the? The brick room yeah. in Truxton, New York. Oh, awesome. Okay, let's get to it. Hello. Quinn, it's Jeremy and Mike from the House Calls podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? Quinn, we are great. If I remember right, you had a brick, some sort of masonry room that you needed to convert into a bedroom, but it was too cold during the winter. Is that right? Close. Yes, okay. it's close. So this is my stepson's bedroom. Yes, right. I all brick. Head to toe brick. And the house, all brick. Yes. Yeah. So it, it uh, on one end, it had a door. So we got rid of the door. Okay. And while your advice was much appreciated and, and noted <laughs> by all, I, I'm not sure that we move forward. Let's Wait, let's pause a second. We got to tell the recommend? we got to tell the listeners what the recommendations were and why. So brick floor, brick walls. Yeah. My suggestion was to put sleepers down, insulate between the sleepers. Yeah. Put a full subfloor down That's over right. the sleepers. Yeah. And then the finished floor, and do something similar on the walls with drywall. Right. Your suggestion was to skip take the sleepers. Skip the sleepers to take zip bar, which for the listeners is is a four by eight sheet OSB sheet with foam attached to it. Correct. Yeah. Factory laminated. Yeah, it's not coming apart. Correct. And that was your suggestion. Lay it down on the floor and lay it on the walls and tape the seams. 
Insert drum roll, please. Quinn, Quinn what, did, what you did you do? What did you end up doing? Okay. Um, we got rid of the door on the one wall and then built a two by four stud wall filled with R13 installation and she rocked it. Uh-huh. Then on the, on the opposing solid brick wall, built another two by four stud wall, filled it with R13 insulation and she rocked it. Okay. okay. Ceiling had beams that were going down through it. So there were spaces where he actually filled the space in between the beams with R19 insulation and then sheet rocked over it. So the whole ceiling is much lower, but obviously insulated. Good. Okay. Pause one second. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but okay. I'm going to, who is he? You just said he. Oh, he is my husband who is also my contractor. Quinn, I have bad news. Uh-oh. <laughs> you have to get a new contractor. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Are you, though? I sort of am not, and I'll tell you why. Quinn, would you like our honest assessment? Well, I want to hear what, what, yeah. what he, this guy, did on the floor, too. Oh, yeah. What do you do on the floor, Quinn? Okay. This is the fun part. Um, so, <laughs> he laid plastic over the brick. Yes. Then used two-inch rigid insulation. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Then three-sixteenths or quarter-inch Luan. Okay. And vinyl plank flooring. Okay. Interesting. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And he just let it float. He didn't okay. fasten it to the concrete or anything, right? That's correct. Yeah. It's like it's not a bad idea. I, I recently read an article where that was referred to as a raft. Uh, people, you, people love that word for a raft slab, all that stuff. But yeah, it's a, like a floating floor. Well, it entertained me, Mike. <clears throat> all right. Well, at least I you liked had a good it. laugh. But what about those walls? Jeremy, honestly, look, Quinn, can I lay it out straight for you? Please. We tip, we typically don't, <laughs> anytime we have a masonry, uh, issue, we typically don't stud and use fiberglass straight to the masonry these days. We used to an awful lot, but we don't anymore for specific reasons. And I'm going to let Jeremy kind of dwell on that. Well, I'm not the building scientist that Mike is, but um, I think the concern would be uh, vapor barrier. Yep. Dew points. Yep. Condensation. Yes. So I think R13 is good. I think it's a little bit light. I don't think you have anything to be concerned about by any means. Don't let Mike scare you. (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) Don't be scared. When warm air meets cold air and the two touch, especially on a solid surface, they're a solid surface some way, they're going to condense. Just like our, you know, our our glass of ice water, it's going to condense. It's going to have water in it, right? So the cold glass of water condenses with the warm air outside the glass and now you got liquid on the glass. The same thing happens on two by four studs or even the back of sheetrock or even in the fiberglass insulation. So what happens at some point, the warm air is going to meet the really cold air of that masonry behind it. And it's going to condense. And usually that happens right in the middle or somewhere thereabout in that fiberglass insulation. So what happens is moisture starts accumulating in that fiberglass insulation 
And that's really bad for walls. It's not the best thing in the world. Now, the reason we recommended the foam on the floor and the walls, uh, rigid foam or zip R, is because that rigid foam is actually a vapor barrier in and of itself. And when it's taped and air sealed properly. When it's properly. taped and air sealed properly. Um, so our biggest concern as builders these days is that dew point. That's what Jaren talked about. The dew point is where that warm air and that cold air meet and they create water. So we found out through past builds, especially tightening homes up really tight and um, not allowing them to ventilate properly, we found out that that dew point started happening in the wall, collecting in the fiberglass insulation. And in the middle of winter, when it drops down to really cold temperatures, that water in the fiberglass actually freezes. It actually becomes frozen. So technically, you now have, and I hate to put it this way, you have ice cubes in your wall. Right. And then those ice cubes thaw, right. and and those there's water in those walls, <laughs> and that's like, and it's it's typically why we try to try to not do that these days. Uh, all right. So. Let's try to help Quinn here. Um, <laughs> Am I the worst bearer of bad news there is? No, it's no. No, don't say that. It's nothing I don't really think it's bad. bad news. It's nothing I, really bad. Right. So, first oh, of all... Okay, so so keep in mind, you guys, this, this whole thing is really not even a permanent solution, per se, good. because it's a 14-year-old's room. Perfect. 14-year-old okay. boy's room. So, likely... It's going to be destroyed over the next few years <laughs> You're, I, and need to be redone. That's one of the things I was going to point out. You'll probably get 10 to 15 years out of the room, maybe. Oh, I don't, I don't think we're going to need anything like that. <laughs> Good. Perfect. <laughs> Great solution. And it was probably affordable. It, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do believe it was. So, Jeremy, both of us lost this one. Yeah. Nobody took our advice <sighs> on this one. But... I'm going to tell you what, based on your needs, what you did with it, it's perfect solution. Yeah. I think it's a great job. I agree. Quinn, thanks for following up. Yeah, I appreciate you following up. Thanks for your help, guys. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye-bye. I honestly think they're going to get their lifespan out of it, and it's it's going to be a non-issue. I think you frightened her. I think I should. But sh- it's like you have to. You got to be honest. The you reason I wanted to be happen. honest and, and frighten her a little bit is because what I would fear personally is that the the boy would grow up, the room would stay permanent, and eventually they would start having black mold issues in their house and right. be concerned. So I'm I'm not for people living with black mold, so I try to avoid it and educate people as much as possible so they don't have to deal with it. Super quick question. Yeah. Do you think a poly vapor barrier on the studs would help that no only against the wall you want it against the wall so you would want to plastic line the wall first before the studs went up i didn't want to mention that because it's all said and done but a lot of people today in basements or masonry products they still like the stud method but they'll flash foam Yes. The wall behind flash the Flash and bat, baby. Flash and bat, which is perfect because you air seal and then you insulate with fiberglass, which is cheap. Mike, where does our podcast dwell? It dwells, of course, on iTunes. It dwells on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. It dwells on Anchor. Do you know you can find it on Breaker? CastBox. CastBox. What about Google Podcasts? You can find it on Overcast. We're on PocketCast. Stitcher, of course. Stitcher? We do Stitcher? Stitcher. And of course, our own website, which is www.housecallspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And you can also 
find us on iTunes right through our website, which is pretty cool, all on the homepage. And in the infamous words of Mike Wentland, be good. Thanks for listening to the House Calls podcast, recorded at Silver Hollow Audio, with your hosts, Mike Wentland and Jeremy Castle. Produced by Brett Barry. Closing music, Octa Blues, by Kevin McLeod. This episode was sponsored by our friends at Rowan Woodwork, custom cabinetry in Kingston, New York, featuring a new team of highly skilled cabinet makers. Find out more at rowanwoodwork.com. Call us so we can feature your home question on the show. 1-800-511-6842. That's 1-800-511-6842. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next time for a very special episode in collaboration with Family Handyman Magazine.